What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 136. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? The days are getting long. <laughs> They're getting so long, man. Stuck inside. Uh, I, I was trying to get a video earlier of my kids and, and the sounds that they make because it sounds like they're a herd of elephants. I don't know about all the, the parents out there, but my children, my daughter is going to be four in July. My son just turned five. He weighs just over 40 pounds, and she's about 30. They're not big. Um, they make a ton of noise. Like from the kitchen, it's just it sounds like they're just stomping on the ground, just stomping, and they're just running around. That's all they're doing. It was deafening. I was trying to make stir fry, and I just couldn't concentrate because it sounded like the ceiling was gonna cave in on me. So that's what that's what's going on right now, man. It's I'm focusing on my ceiling not falling on my face for no reason whatsoever. What are you up to? Uh, not a whole lot. I. I mean, there's not really not a whole lot to do. I agree with you that it is the days are getting long. I find myself I have no idea what day it is. I, mm. My sleep schedule is all kinds of messed up. I just it's a mess. It's a disaster over here, Mitch. If not for my wife, my sleep schedule would be all over the place. But like she's very regimented, so she's up okay. boom seven alarm done up. Also, the fact that I have kids certainly helps. But like they've been a little bit better nowadays. When they wake up, they just go downstairs and play Lego. Lego has been our savior. Has okay. saved us throughout this whole process or whatever you want to call it. Just when they wake up, boom, fix on making these little creations. So it's awesome. Okay, but, that's uh, good. Yeah, if not for that, I don't know, man. I'd be sleeping till 10 and then I had no idea what day it is. It's just insane. That That's where I'm at right now. So uh, let's get into it, Mitch. What edition do we got for 136? We have the oh, – I'm going to screw this name up. Juraj Kolnick. Apparently, I know everything about this player. Okay. So, uh, they played for the Islanders at some point. I'm not going to tell you when. All right. Uh, I had a position, obviously, uh, and they did some things while with the Islanders, and I'm going to ask you about it later on the show just to uh, – so we get to know them. This is just as much for you listening as it is for us because a lot of these players I don't remember at all. I don't remember Juraj Kolnick, spelled J-U-R-A-J. I probably pronounced that incorrectly, but – Someone correct me if you will. Yes. Also, uh, there are no games to talk about, so usually that's where we start things off, and we usually plug the Patreon, but don't worry, we're still going to plug that. So <laughs> patreon.com slash... They're so worried. <laughs> patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. We are still doing content over there, So and usually we do post-game shows, but since there are no games to talk about, instead, 
We are doing 20 to 30 minute podcasts on day of games. So like there was a game yesterday scheduled. So we did a show on Jordan Eberle versus Josh Bailey, who would have more uh, trade stock. Uh, we will do one tomorrow and every other day where there's a game where there was supposed to be a game scheduled. We're going to do a podcast on something. We don't have a set schedule yet, but we're coming up with ideas and content and stuff like that. So you are still getting your money's worth over there. Good job by you. Thank you. I mean, listen, I'm just trying to pay the bills. That's all. They're all here like, when are they going to talk about the patron plug? <laughs> listen, we got to pay the bills too, man. We do have to pay the bills because people ain't clicking uh, for understandable reasons. Obviously, it's other things to click on right now. Right. So we get it. So the biggest story or the biggest thing to come out this week was Lou Lamarillo's mailbag. I, for one, Mitch, I don't know about you. I was shocked that he was even doing this. Lou Lamarillo answering questions from fans. I thought it was going to be a bunch of non-statements. Just like, what are you doing with Matthew Barzell? We are currently employing him as a player. <laughs> I, like they just, whenever you talk to a media or ever, whenever a media person talks about their interactions with Lou Lamarillo, it's like, oh, the guy's a vault. He won't give you anything. Oh, he's a tough nut to crack. And it's not to say that he isn't. It's just that when that gets built up over time, you're like, oh, my God. Like, does he he say anything at all whatsoever? It's like when I was a kid and I was told, like, metal music was super heavy and, like, Black Sabbath was the heaviest thing in, in the world. And, like, oh, my God, it's like devil music. And then you listen to it and you're going... This is it. You're talking about an Iron Man. That, that's it. it. It's heavy. Sure, it's distorted, but it's not like, oh, my God, this so it's so distorted. I can't hear anything. <laughs> right. So like the perception of, of Lou Lamarillo over the time over time was that this is a guy who doesn't say anything, won't reveal anything and won't tell you anything whatsoever at all, ever, ever. And then we have a mailbag like a year and a half into his tenure. That's that, that doesn't fit right necessarily. No, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't at all. But. We got uh, some nuggets out of there, Mitch, which was uh, good. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like A lot of people said, what do you expect him to say? Well, he didn't have to answer those questions. He could have just answered all the softball questions, said nothing about Barzal whatsoever. Uh, He could have said nothing about Sorokin at all, and he could have said nothing at all about anyone. But he still said something. You can debate whether that there's any value in his statement whatsoever. Sure. But he still said it. He didn't need to say it, and he still came out and said it. And that in and of itself is something. Absolutely. So let's start with Matt Barzal. So essentially he was asked uh, if Matt Barzal was offer sheeted, would they be prepared to match? And he pretty much flat out said like he, he doesn't plan on it getting to that point, which I mean, that's a really good sign. And if he does get an offer sheet, they do plan to match, which is also a phenomenal sign. Right. So the question from uh, Tyler McGivney, if Matt Barzal is presented with an offer sheet, will you match? Pretty good question, right mm-hmm. to the point. It is our intention to not allow it to get to that point, but should that happen, the answer is yes. Boom, done. Case closed. That's it. Why yeah. wouldn't they match it? I mean, I don't I don't know of a reason. Um, it makes 100% sense to match it, but I love that Lou Lamarillo was just able to, you know, say that and come out with it. Right, and again, like he's not—he's not going to say, uh, "Well, we have a contract in the books, and I hope Matthew Barzell signs it because uh, it would be ridiculous if he doesn't." Now, Lou knows how to do these things. Uh, he knows the dance, uh, and this is the dance, right? Say, like, we don't—we don't plan on letting him reach that, and we don't plan on not matching it. So, Team X, if you're out there listening, give it your best shot because it's going to be worth nothing to you. 
yeah, I mean that's, I mean that that's exactly what you want to hear from your general manager. No, absolutely. There's also the question of: Do you think Barzal would actually sign an offer sheet? I don't think so. So the thing that we have to remember here is that for an offer sheet to essentially come into fruition, Matthew Barzell actually has to sign it. That's what makes it an offer sheet, is that he signs off on a contract. Just because Carolina comes in with a contract offer and Matthew Barzell says, no thanks, that doesn't make it an offer sheet. The, the, the contract, it's just a contract that they offer to Barzell. He might not be looking to speak to them and they might be sending him something. It's, it's just, it's no longer an offer sheet or it's not yet an offer sheet until he says, oh, cool, you want to give me that kind of money, say Carolina or whatever team? Deal, yes, I will sign that. Then it becomes an offer sheet. I don't think it ever reaches that point. I don't see why Matthew Barzal would look to go otherwise. I understand Paul Bissonnette's statement that like, well, wouldn't you want to put, put up more points? Sure, yeah, he would, but I'm sure he'd also like to win. Like, ask John Tavares, would you rather win or put up more points? And I'm sure he tells you win every day. Yeah, I think most of these guys do. I think there's probably rare exceptions here who maybe they just want to, you know, go and, and get their numbers. But if you're being paid the same or, like, a marginal difference, I think you'd probably want to be in a situation where you're winning games. And, and the guys who are looking for points, it's either super egotism or it's guys like we had with Nino Niederreiter. He has to get out of the situation, but you had him end up playing on the fourth line playing defensive hockey. And you're going, well, that's not really what my strong suit is. That's not the situation for Matthew Barzell. He's top line put in offensive situations uh, by, by a, a really good coach and he's getting his chances. And if he, he gets into those positions and he excels at what the coach wants him to do, the points will come. Like look at Alex Ovech and Nick's bat, Nick Backstrom. They put up points playing for Barry Trotz. So it's it's not to say that Matthew Barzell can't put up points under Barry Trotz. He can. Uh, he just needs to play to the coach's system more appropriately, I suppose. Right, and I also think part of it is who else he's playing with. Like He's oh, yeah. essentially playing with Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle, who we both kind of admitted yesterday on our Patreon show that we think that they're more second-line players. I don't think anyone would argue otherwise. Unless you can get someone who, who's going to get the best out of Anders Lee next to him, fine. He, he could be a top-line player, but that, that guy is Josh Bailey. Uh, it's it's not it's not Jordan Eberle. And Correct. Anders Lee and Matthew Barzell are not complementary players necessarily. They just aren't. Uh, so I mean, Matthew Barzell could dangle around the zone, but when he's got two guys on him, because Andrews Lee parked in front of the net. They're going, great, stand there if you want. We're going to hover the guy who's got the puck, and you'll never get it. So thanks. You've allowed us to do a two-on-one. All right. I know I'm going a little bit off topic here, but I always thought that Anders Lee made a little bit more sense with Brock Nelson as the center. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. So like, there, there's obviously a lot to, to consider when it comes to Matthew Barzal and wanting to stay, but I just don't see him wanting to leave. But like three years in, he's like, I'm good. I've had my one playoff chance, and uh, I'm good with this scene that you've got going on here. No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I'm with you 100%. So that that was the first thing. The next one's uh, Ila Sorokin that I want to talk about. Do you have a question for that too? Yeah, so uh, let me just find it here. There it is. It's from uh, Dennis Anios, or Aninos. Sorry. Uh, what is the status of Ilya Sorokin, and are there discussions to bring him to Long Island? Lou says, yes, we have every indication that he will be here for next season. Boom. I mean, that, again, is exactly what you want to hear. And I saw on Twitter you got a, well, what is he supposed to say? 
But I I loved your response because it was literally so perfect. Is he chose which questions that he answered. He had like he could have said, even if like let's say there's a PR person who's like, hey, we think these would be good questions for you to answer. I'm sure he could be like, no, I don't want to talk about that one. Absolutely. Or give a different answer altogether. Like we, we remain hopeful that he that he comes uh, and hopefully the, everything gets worked out in the summer. But that discussions are with us and, and his and his personnel or something along that line. Right. Like we hope he comes. We're trying our best. No, this is he will be here for next season is our every indication. That's pretty damn clear. He chose again. Lou is a very calculated individual. He Correct. chose every single every single one of those words on purpose to tell you that look, he's coming. Relax. Yeah, I I think he wouldn't have said that if there wasn't some sort of ongoing conversation. If not even with like Sorokin himself, at least with Sorokin's agent. There's got to be something being worked on right now. I would imagine, and their season just came to. Uh, an end, unfortunately, the KHL, but something after May 1st, I believe, could well, be. Well, Matt, don't rejoice up. about the KHL ending and Ilya Sorokin coming, okay? Chill out. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. I, I want to make that very I clear. Just, I got, I got like, I saw two comments at least online, like, oh my God, don't rejoice about the KHL ending because Sorokin, we might sign Sorokin soon. No one's rejoicing. This is no. a sad day when any sport league ends, including the KHL, even if that means like Sorokin might be sooner to sign a contract with us. All right. This is just a continuation of the facts at hand. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, as far as it goes with Ila Sorokin, I would tend to imagine that there's some sort of conversation going on between Lou, Sorokin, Sorokin's agent. And I don't think he says that if he's not positive that he's coming well we found out at the trade deadline well found out i guess is maybe a strong term we were told by igor aronko that last he heard on the sorokin front is that his agent and the islanders had been discussing a contract but they hadn't maybe yet they agreed on schedule a b bonuses and a euro clause in the contract which i imagine come the end of it like he will sign We'll probably hear here on May 1st that he signs a contract because KHL contracts end on April 30th. Apparently, that's news to like that's not news to everyone. I I was unaware of when contracts ended in the KHL. It's just not something I followed up on. True. Never Agreed. had to. Never figured it out. Now I know. Perfect. Anyways, we'll probably find out on May 1 what he signs, and I would imagine it's the max A and B, and he gets a Euro clause, just like uh, Igor Shosturkin in uh, with the, with the Rangers, who's a rival of uh, of Sorokin's apparently. That'd be awesome if we get a nice Russian rivalry going between the two goalies. Apparently, they're so Shesterkin, I believe, played for SKA St. Petersburg, and uh, Sorokin plays for uh, SCSK Moscow, which are two of the, the big Goliaths of the leagues or of the KHL. So there's a, there's a rivalry there, according to Aronko. And again, Aronko said schedule A, B bonuses, and the Euro clause is really where the sticking point is at this point, which really is the only thing up for debate. There's no there's no question that Sorokin isn't getting the max 925 ELC. There's no question. Right. And I'm sure that's just kind of like going over the contract with a fine-tooth comb and trying to get like things figured out. Like the yeah, language. When you have time, you take it, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I've they, heard someone say that. I'm pretty sure the guy we're talking about, Lou Lamarillo, I said that like a million times. He should just yeah, get that exactly. tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> he should. He probably does. Like a, like Memento, right? He takes off his shirt at night and it says, if you have time, take it in some like scroll font held up by swallows. <laughs> Might as well. 
nautical stars dotting it around. I think so. I, I could picture that. I can also picture that. So that was the second one we found out with Sorokin, which, I mean, we kind of really expected, right? That didn't come as a surprise that Lou Lamarillo was dropping that. I'm saying dropping in quotations here. I think it was the, the surprise or maybe the, the juicy part of this is just the certainty of the comments, mm-hmm. right? The certainty of the words used. It's not could, hope, might, would. It's every indication that he will be here for next season. Not this season, next season. Boom. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. So that was the second one. Next one is the injury situation. Yeah, because we have three players that are still coming back from injury. Three very important players. True. Adam Pellick, Casey Zekas, and um, oh my God, Johnny Boychuk. There it is. Did you want me to pull up the question that that, uh, he was asked? Yeah, if you could get the uh, exact question, that would be great. Yeah, uh, if I could find it. For some reason, I can't find it here. Uh, He answered 26 questions, which which is more than I thought he would actually do. Uh, He didn't answer mine, but that's all right. Um, I can't find it. Oh, maybe it's because it's not searching the right thing. (laughs) Stupid me. Uh, Oh, my God, this is great. All right, so question from Joe. uh, Jen Carilli, sorry if I pronounced it incorrectly. Any updates on Adam Pallet, Casey Zekas, and Johnny Boychuk? Yes. Casey and Johnny will be ready to play when the season resumes. Adam will be ready for training camp. There you go. Yeah, so Adam Pellick was would not be able to come back at, at any point to play this year. I think that's that fair. Yeah, it definitely does suck because we've seen how different this team plays with Adam Pellick in the lineup. They are miles better. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous how... A one well, we've said this before multiple times, and I'm sure we're not you at home are probably also listening to this saying, like, already know Adam Pellick's worth. The fact that he's not coming back till training camp, no questions asked. No questions. This is mm-hmm. like Lou already knows that the, the billion other scenarios going on in the NHL right now. He knows what's happening. Uh, and he, he again he states when the season resumes for the other two. That is not the case under any iteration for Adam Pellick. I guess unless they start the season in October again which I'm sure then that might work, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I I kind of expected this, though, with Adam Pellick. I, I don't know about you, but I didn't really have anything in my mind where I was like, okay, like crossing my fingers, maybe he's ready for the playoffs, even with this whole situation. I think when we found out that he was done for the year back in, when was it, December or mm-hmm. January? Uh, January, January 2nd. There you go. In January, I... I kind of just came to terms with it. I wasn't happy about it, obviously, but I kind of just came to the conclusion that, okay, he's in the, in the fold for 2020, 2021, nothing else to do with 2019, 2020. I initially thought that, for sure, okay. when it happened. But then as the Islanders started dropping games, I was kind of like, oh, I, gotta, I better check that, that understanding of the situation because I really want him to come back right now if he's that important to the team. Again, they went from like a 6.97 points percentage to a .45 points percentage after Adam Pellick went down with an injury. They went from being top of the league to not even 500 the second he went out. That's how important he is to this team. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping uh, after they started losing games, they'd be like, okay, he's got to come back soon. <laughs> please, please <laughs> come back soon. Not just 2020, please. Yeah, I will donate the bottom half of my body if we can get him. All set. I would give up my Achilles tendon. I don't know what that means for me going forward. 
if I can't walk properly or maybe I can't skate, which is a pretty huge uh, no-go for me. But if I could live without it and still kind of skate, I'd do it. Listen, when David Wright was diagnosed with spinal stenosis, I offered up my spine. So I am more than willing to offer up my Achilles. If I'm willing to do my spine, I'll swap I'll swap Achilles. We're all good here, man. Fair enough. All right. You're a bigger man than I am. <laughs> well, I know the skating thing would affect you more. I go skating like once or twice a year, and I'm terrible. So I was just out there today on my rollerblades, and it felt great. Oh, I'm jealous. I got to get that going again. Yeah. It felt really good to be out there. There's a lot of rocks and salt and stuff still left on the on the streets, but in the middle where the cars go, it's open lane, so it's it's nice and smooth there. There you go. That's perfect. And then I, I think there's one more we want to talk about. Correct. Uh, so uh, need to be better. Better. Sorry, need to be better at finishing their chances. Uh, it was where did he uh, answer that question? There it is from Kenneth Sheriff. From the looks of the team right now, what aspects of the game do you feel we must improve on? And then Lou says, finding a way to capitalize on our offensive opportunities to score. That's fair. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. It's just when you look at the team, you're going, all right, I think they're doing that as well as they can, considering who we have on this roster. I agree with like 95% of what you said. The okay, fi- where's the 5%? Was it the T or the E? <laughs> I think <laughs> it was it the T or E. That was good. I think almost everyone is playing to their goal potential, except for Anders Lee. I think Anders Lee could pop in a few more goals. But every other than that, yeah, this is about where I expected them to be goal-wise. So when I when I understood this question, or the way that I interpreted this question, not understood it, okay. it is what it is. The way I interpreted it was saying, okay, well, if we just look at shooting percentage, and that that's the rate of conversion that players have, of, for, uh, sorry, how they convert shots to goals over the season, who's underperforming? And it's two guys, really. Matthew Barzell, technically, and, and, and uh, Michael Dalcole as well, but like, lols, we're not considering Michael <laughs> Dalcole as moving the needle forward for goal scoring. I hope he does, but not right now. And even then, he's at a negative 1.77 this year compared to his career average okay. outside of this season. So you're like, eh, it's not a big deal. Marginal. Matthew Barzell is at like a negative 0.4% shooting percentage. Okay. Walls, whatever. It's little. For Jordan Everly, we're at a 1.43, I believe it was, or 1.34. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's something of the sorts. And for Anders Lee, it was 4%. Yeah, it's a big so, difference. So the, the difference that I'm making here is that what is their shooting percentage this year, and what is their shooting percentage every year before that, right? So what is their career average before this season? And where's the difference? And everyone else is shooting above that. Most players are shooting, all of them aside from those four shooting above, uh, but those four shooting below. And you're going, okay, well, what if they shot their career average before this season? What if Anders Lee made up that 4%? What if, uh, or Jordan Everly made up that, that 1%? And what if Matthew Barzell made up that 0.4? Lulz. And Michael Dalcole, the 1.77. What if they made up that percentage? It would only account for 13 goals. 13 okay. goals ain't changing nothing for the Islanders. It might be a couple wins here or there, maybe. Um, but overall, we're talking about a 24th ranked offense in terms of number of goals for, and they would then become the 21st ranked offense in the league. Yeah, I th- okay. All right, no, that's a that's a really good way of explaining it. So, like, and if... if and that's assuming they get to their average, right? Like, if they just sit at their average, maybe they can get better. But when you consider, like, Lee has a shooting average, I think, of, like, 12 or 
are we really expecting him all of a sudden to jump to like 19% shooting percentage? I don't think so. Like he's not Leon Dreisaitl. Right. So then if everyone shot their average, we would lose a ton of goals. Right. So like we're getting a lot from a lot of different sources. It's just the sources that we have, the talent that we have just isn't that good at converting shots to goals. That's the problem. We don't have the talent that takes uh, like a, a brute number of shots. Or I was speaking French there. I know brut. So like, um, I don't know what you want to call that. Anyways, their shots into goals at a higher rate. We don't have those players. We need those players. That's what we need to get. So Lou, in answering this question, saying we need to find a way to capitalize on our offensive opportunity to score, doing that is finding a player who can do that for this team because the team that you have assembled currently cannot do that to your expectations, it seems. Yeah, and I think for me, well, the, I think I'm sticking by my Anders Lee argument. And that everyone else, I think, is pretty much on par. And I think your numbers kind of back that up a little bit. They absolutely back that up, yes. I <laughs> I don't know why that was funny how you said that. Uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm right. 100%. <laughs> but the the point that I guess I want to make is they definitely still need help. For sure. Outside, Like, outside sources. Like, yes, looking at this roster, there's one player in mind who I think could get more you can get more production of goals-wise out of, which is Anders Lee. Yes, and we should, again, because the shooting percentage is you got 4% difference. Like that, that, that's, We're looking at eight goals for Anders Lee. If he, if he shoots his average and he shoots the same number of shots this year, if he converts the, his career average before the season on the same number of shots he's had this year, we're looking at eight more goals to his total. So he's a 28 goal score instead of 20, what he's at now. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a pretty big difference. That's a big difference, yeah. So outside of Lee... They would still need that one more player. I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think that they definitely still need work. And I mean, Barry Trotz said it at the end of last year. They need more pop up front, and never never got it. Never got it. Um. So and look, it, it getting what's his name Zach Parise really isn't going to help that much. Um. Maybe like sorry, it could help. You might have a 25 goal scorer there because that's what he's got this year. Um. But he's 35. So it might come all undone next year. So we need someone younger than that, preferably like a Mike Hoffman type of guy, a guy who can convert at 15, 16% that the Islanders don't have. So that would be something, but it's clear. I think, and I don't think we're, we're, we're preaching. We are preaching to the choir right now. Everyone listening already knows that. Yes, we need more offensive help. I don't think anyone out there saying like, we don't need offensive help. Nope. No, 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 no. Don't, don't you dare bring in a Mike Hoffman type of player. And I understand some people might have the reservations on Mike Hoffman, the player himself. But the question is like, do you bring someone in that has that skill set? And I don't think anyone says, nope, no, thank you. Nope, I don't want that. No, 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 no. Yeah, like player aside, like just looking at the production, not anything else, just his the amount of goals and points he's going to give you, you need a player exactly like that, if not more higher end than that. Right, exactly. Sorry, I just wanted to go so over some of these shooting percentages with yeah, sure. the increases. Um, the highest increase, Andrew Ladd, 8%. <laughs> but he's got like he's played games, like four so. games. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ross Johnson, 5.9%. Again, not really fair. Right. Um, but you have guys like Josh Bailey increased by 3.8%. That's good. Uh, Anthony Bovelli up by 1.3%. Like, it's not huge, but, you know, by his volume, that's quite a bit. Case Zeke is 3.8%. Uh, 
Like that, that's a lot. And, and that's a big thing we were talking about earlier with injuries, like not having Casey Zeke is adding in like correct converting on 11% of his shots. That's, that's huge for the Islanders. So when you have that combined with, and even Brock Nelson, 2.2% increase over his career average. That's huge. Yeah, no, that, that is definitely a big help. Brock Nelson has done more than his fair share this year. He is, he's made up for some of the lapses in some of those other guys. Like we talked about MVP of the season, Brock Nelson or Matthew Barzell? I know it's unrelated to what we're talking yeah. about now, but just because we brought up Brock and is in it, it just it, it's in my head. Um, I think you can make the case for both. Well, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking out loud, Mitch. God, okay. why do you jump down my throat? We're not even <laughs> staying in the same quarantine situation. You're like at my neck, and we're in like two different areas. Sorry, oh I think God. it's just because of everyone's on edge and like my, my Twitter existence today was very much kind of like, eh, there's a lot of naysayers. Uh, I had someone call something I wrote horse poop. You didn't say poop, but anyways, so I've, I've been on edge. I'm sorry, I'm taking it on you and it's not fair. I, I would say Brock Nelson, though. I think Barzi's the better player, but I think Brock Nelson has been more valuable to the Islanders this year. 1,000 million trillion percent correct. Or maybe not correct. That's wrong. I agree with you completely. Okay. Any other reason than what I just said? Oh, he's a complete two-way player, right? Wins face-offs, uh, puts up goals, right? Leads the team in goals with 26. Uh, puts up points is having another career year, right? At 54 points. Uh, is tied for a career high in terms of assists, but I'm sure if the season continued, he would right. hit that. Um, he, he's a complete player. It's not to say that Matthew Barzell is not a good player. It's just he has not been the most valuable player to the Islanders this season. It has been Brock Nelson. To be fair, you know, Barzell is number two. So there's that. Yes. And if Barzell was over a point per game player, I think we'd be talking about him as the MVP. Although you could probably put Adam Pellick there as number two, just just because of his absence. I, you know what? I was going to, I can't argue it. I was trying to, th- it sounds ridiculous, but I don't have a, a retort to that, Mitch. Right, so it's just it's one of those things like when you don't have him around, you see exactly how worth how how valuable he was. There you go. Anything else from the Lamarillo mailbag that you want to get into? Oh man, there's so much. I really liked his answer on on why he gives players lower numbers. Uh, I started up like I like tradition, and it's just something that you know that's just what I do. Oh, just I love the principled approach to it. I really like a principled and ideological approach to managing a team. I really love it. Whether you agree with it or not, I think it's just, oh, it just makes a whole lot of sense. And I like the rigidity of it. No, damn it, we're going to have low numbers because it's not, like, I think he's, the way he said it was, it's not about the player. The number doesn't make the player. The player makes a number. That's a great quote. So it's not like number 99. Oh, oh my God, number 99 before Wayne Gretzky got it. No, no, number 99 is revered because Wayne Gretzky wore it. Or number 66 got all, all of Pittsburgh up in, the, in a hizzy because Mario Lemieux wore it. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe. I guess no one in the league should wear number 91 because uh, Butch Goring wore it. I 100% agree. Steven Stamkos, John Tavares. Is it Tavares or Tavares? I forget now. There's a whole thing on Leafs Twitter today about that. I think it's Tavares is the way he pronounces it. I say Tavares. I also say Tavares. So I'm, I think the actual way to pronounce it is Tavares. Sorry. Yeah, it's Tavares. So, yeah, I, I'm so all screwed right. up now. Damn it. Why do you have a complicated name to pronounce? Just pronounce it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into some uh, PSAs from the Islanders. 
What's going on, Matt O'Leary? Mitch Anderson with you talking New York Islanders hockey on episode 136 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. It's PSA season. Everyone has to wash their hands, stay inside, all that fun stuff because of the coronavirus. Everyone, you know, this is just... It's beaten over you, but for good reason, obviously. It's for, you know, trying to everyone's trying to get over this thing and through this thing. But I took some of my favorite ones, Mitch, and I, I want to play them for you, if that's all right. Yeah, let's do that. Let me, let me listen in. All right, so these are all courtesy of the New York Islanders Twitter account. So we'll start uh, with one from our captain, Anders Lee. Hey, Islanders fans, thanks for tuning in tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time. Now go wash your hands. It's very short, simple, but it's to the point. Just him ending the comment with, now go wash your hands. I don't know. It just came across as very Anders Lee-like. It came across very Captain Lee. I, I, when I saw that, I just re- read the post on, on the New York Post about Anders Lee and how he was a natural captain and, and so on. It was right. very well written. It wasn't Larry Brooks and it wasn't uh, Brett Sergalis. It was uh, Molly. God, I'm sorry, Molly. I forgot your last name. I should look it up, but I'm... Not going to do it right now and waste some time. Um, but it's a very good read about Anders Lee and his captaincy. And then when he does a post like that, it just kind of like, oh, damn it, it reaffirms everything I love about Anders Lee. And it's simple. It was just simple. Like, check it in. Thanks for watching. I, I think it's because the, the Islanders uh, on MSG aired a game, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, thanks for watching that. Wash your hands. Done. Perfect. Simple. It was chirpy. Had a little, the, the smug smile on his face. Just oh, awesome. Perfect. Love it. Now, this next one's from Matt Martin, and it goes a lot better with the visual on Twitter, so highly recommend going to the Islanders Twitter page and finding this video, but uh, Matt Martin talks about the importance of social distancing, but also, you know, spending time with your family. Hey, Alice fans. I hope everybody's doing well, staying healthy, staying safe, uh, practicing social distancing. Obviously, it's crazy times right now, and my teammates and I just can't wait to get back on the ice and play in front of you fans. In the meantime, I think it's important that uh, we, we use this opportunity to spend time with our families, um, whether you have kids or pets, um, you know, take them for walks, um, play with them in the backyard, whatever you have to do. I know we're double days, double digit days now in this quarantine and we're running out of some ideas. So we're trying to teach Jack some new tricks. We call this one rushing the quarterback. <laughs> Big drinking in my head. Yeah. <laughs> he puts on the helmet. You can't hear. Yeah, so now you can't really hear anything else. So I'm just gonna stop it. But essentially, what he does is he, the camera's just on his face, and then whoever's doing the camera work takes a step back, and he's wearing a Boomer Esiason jersey, which, as you know, that's his father-in-law, and he puts on the Cincinnati Bengals helmet, takes a football, and goes hut, and starts dropping back like a quarterback. And their dog Jax is chasing after him, and it's it's a funny video. It, it, I thought it was cute. It's funny. I, I wish he had like gone down softly just to give the old the old father in law a little chirp. Uh, not that I know anything about Boomer Sias and the player. I really have no idea. I didn't know he was a quarterback until he he came up on an Isles Twitter or whatever when they they started dating. I guess because I don't know anything about football. I really have no idea. Uh, I I know Tom Brady's important. That's about it. Um, <laughs> this is huge because I obviously we we both have dogs, uh, and so teaching our dogs new tricks. Mine is ten years old. He'll be well. He will be ten in two weeks. Uh, we're not teaching him anything new at this point. We're just trying to figure out where he's comfortable and what he likes to do and what we can't do with him anymore. Like we can throw a frisbee, 
but we can throw it maybe twice and then he's just like done because he jumps is a thing that that's his problem is that he's old so he jumps up and then when he lands he gets all like arthritic or just or whatever it is his joints just don't don't take it well anymore so we have to like mm. let up but it is important right now to take your pets out for a walk and it, it's good for you too to get some fresh air uh when you can yeah i'm with you so casey the infamous casey uh her first birthday is on sunday by the way oh wow happy birthday to the Dalgo. Yes, and uh, I have been trying to teach her to carry her leash back. Like when we're done with walks, like I'll be like, "Take your leash back to like where we keep it." Okay, not going well. She just wants to chomp on it. That's fair. I, I get it. It's hard to teach it. It's it's all about perseverance, right, and keeping it up. Yep. Uh, my favorite trick that we ever taught my my dog was when he was a pup we would have a bell at the front door of our apartment because we lived on the third floor. Mm -hmm. uh, and so whenever he needed to go out, we, we would have to run down the stairs. We didn't have an elevator either. We'd have to run down the stairs to get him outside. So we taught him to ring the bell. That's so he would cool. go to the door, ring the bell, and then we'd be able to race, right? And we'd have time. It's just, it wouldn't be like, oh my God, he's peeing, run him down the stairs and pee all the way yeah. down the three flights of stairs. Um, so so that, was, that was our favorite trick to teach him. How'd you manage to teach him that one? It just whenever we went outside, we'd get him to ring it, or we would ring the bell and give him a treat. Okay. So he'd, he'd have he'd know that it's going outside, and then the positive reinforcement of the bell is a good thing. Right. Okay. There you go. And he figured it out pretty quick. All right. Good for Marshall. Yeah, he's sometimes he can be real real smart. Other times he could walk into a wall. Yeah, my dogs like that too. I think yeah. most dogs are, but we love I him. Think so yeah, of course. Uh, the next one's from Cal Clutterbuck, and I think this one's my favorite one. Again, much better with the visual, uh, but let's just take a listen to the audio first. Hey, Islanders fans. It's Cal Clutterbuck. Just wanted to say a quick hi from uh, from the house here. I got my two of my three kids pulling stunts off in the driveway, and I just wanted to give a big shout-out to uh, all the child care workers, all the teachers, everyone who deals with kids all day, every day. Obviously, this is a uh, very difficult job, chasing them around as I try and make sure my son doesn't fall down the stairs. Um, so shout out to them. You guys do a fantastic job. Just wait for it. That's why you don't do videos with kids around. <laughs> It's just so perfect because you see, like, as he's trying to do this video, one, I love how his tone of voice changes when he's, like, kind of whispering into the phone, like, thank you to all who do child care, like, make, trying to make that point and, like, keep it away from his kids also. And then also the, him trying to do it, all the noises in the background, you got the skateboard, one of the kids yelling for him. It, it's just a perfect video. It is. It, the dad dodge when the kid goes for the glasses. So for those who may not have seen it, uh, at the end – uh, I guess one of his kids wants to see what he's doing. And so he kneels down to like show his kid he's taking a video and get him into it. And then the kid's like, oh, cool video. Oh, wait, there are glasses on your face? Whack right off his face. Oh, my! Oh, both of my kids still do that to this day. And I have a five-year-old. It's insane. I don't know what it is about glasses. They just have to smack it off your face for some stupid reason. So how many times or how frequently, I guess, does that happen? daily uh, so frequently that if i bend down to like tie my shoe my glasses will fall off my face like they don't stay on anymore they're, okay. like they're so warped and broken and stuff like they don't they don't stick on my face gotcha so, so. this is like a common thing oh super common it, it's 
even when they're young, like, uh, sorry, when they're younger, it's more common because they're so attracted to something on your face. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And then they put it in their mouth and they get the arm stuck in their lip and they break their lip and blah, blah. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, shout out to all, obviously, the healthcare workers, yes. doctors, any, anyone uh, in, in the health industry. Um, but definitely even like the teachers who uh, I think a lot of parents are now finding out how, uh, how ridiculous of a job it is to have yeah. 20 of them in a classroom. And try to teach them to be, you know, functional human beings. Uh, it's it's not it's not easy. Uh, man, I, just with my two, my wife is just outstanding. She's a teacher. She's very good with 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 keeping kids on task. And even then, it's challenge it's challenging for her. So I can only oh, imagine sure. when there's another eighteen of them in a room. Oh my god, I could. Wow, I'm so glad I'm not a teacher. Yeah, I think everyone is kind of getting an idea for how difficult a job it is, or how thankless of a job it is. A lot of times for teachers nurses doctors all that kind of stuff it's it's a it's a uh, a time where i think we're going to come out of this with a lot of appreciation for a lot of people we didn't necessarily appreciate beforehand absolutely i think that's a really good point the last one that i have is uh from barry trotz and this is just again would be so much better with the visual but let's listen to the audio first hello everyone just want to thank everybody for their support this year couldn't be prouder of the islanders and the islander family uh, everyone stay safe, listen to our leaders, uh, practice your social distancing, and hopefully we'll see you back at the rink in a, in a short time. But these are unprecedented times, and we we want to make sure that everyone's safe. I don't know why, but just as soon as he – his first words, I'll do play it again. Hello, everyone. I don't know why. That, that just cracks me up. Just like how he has like the half smile. The angle of the phone is what really does it for me, though. It is like – it's like up his nose, kind of. You can't see his ears. Like someone commented, like, "Does he have ears?" <laughs> it's just so perfect. I I, I love this man so much. Uh, it's very dad like. Yeah. If if I, sorry if if I didn't see the video, I could swear that this was my father. First off, tone. Mm-hmm. Second off, word choice. Third off, accent. Like my dad, Islanders. The way he pronounces Islanders, same way. Uh, hello, everyone. Like, doesn't know how to properly introduce himself yep. or, or how to start things off. He's like, how, how do I do this technology thing? And then second, when you do watch it, like you said, it's right up his nose. He doesn't really know how to hold it properly. It's just, it, it's pure dadness right over there. Second part, does he rock? Like, he's got a guitar on the wall right there. Does Barry Trotz just, like, shred? That would be the upset of the century if Barry Trotz, like, can rip an electric guitar. Because he's got, I don't know what it is on the wall. It looks kind of like a Les Paul single cut type of thing, but it, or, or maybe it's it's another another make that I, I'm not aware of, but it it's also looks like it's gold. Like it's maybe, you know what? Nashville. He was in Nashville for a while. Oh, I would imagine. Duh. I'm just cluing into this now like an idiot. I'm sure that's some sort of gift for being there forever. Uh, maybe he wasn't part of, was he a coach for the Nashville game? The, the, the Nashville All-Star game? Maybe for the Metro? I don't know. Because I feel like I remember them all giving out custom guitars to everyone, as everyone who participated at the All-Star game. Still a really cool decorative gift, though. Yeah, cool decorative gift, but not so cool that he doesn't play it. Maybe he does. I don't imagine he'd take a decorative gift off the wall. No, I can't picture him playing it. That would have been the upset of the century, though, if Barry Trotz played the guitar. But awesome to have. I wish I had a gold guitar behind me. For my backdrop? Are you kidding me? That'd be sick. I'm going to go stain my guitar's gold right now. 
Uh, did you have any other PSAs that you saw that you wanted to hit on? The Johnny Boychuk one? Just the fact that Johnny Boychuk is out there. And, and when you look at him, you see there's a little nick on his cheek yep. uh, where he got the skate. But the, other than that, like his eyes are a little bit swollen and red. But other than that, it really doesn't look like a guy who just had 90 stitches to his eye. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I saw you put that on Twitter. It, he looked pretty good for someone who had that scary of an injury not too long ago. Exactly. So, like, g- good job by the plastic surgeons. Good job by Johnny Boychuk for obviously healing up and, sorry, taking the healing process seriously. Um, just good job all around. Uh, th- that was my favorite one. And then uh, I guess Josh Bailey had one. And any- anytime Josh Bailey speaks, I'm a big fan. He didn't say anything crazy. It's just Josh Bailey. Um, he's setting it up for someone else to do something crazy, obviously, because that's <laughs> Josh Bailey. <laughs> Did you see this uh, Casey Sezikis one by chance? I, I did not. Okay, it was a little bit on the longer side. That's why I didn't load it in here. But also, I I don't know what was wrong with his phone audio. It sounded like he was talking inside, like the inside of a hat or something. I don't know, but that's kind of added a little bit of something to it. I don't know. I feel like each one of these videos had like its own like little thing that made it interesting. I'm waiting for the Lula Amarola one where he's sitting down with breakfast oh. eating like fresh berries or fresh fruit and berries because the man doesn't eat cereal, by the way. Yeah, I, fresh bear, fresh fruit. What's the difference between fruit and berries? I thought Apples, berries are. Oranges. No, I know, but no, 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 no. I'm saying. Tomatoes. Tomato is such a bogus fruit. I know. Sorry. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, what's the difference between the two? I'm saying aren't berries fruits. Well, he probably has a bowl of, like, fruit. Like, he'll have an apple or a banana or some garbage and, like, a full bowl of berries. Like, I, I will have a bowl of cereal and a bowl of berries next to it. Like, cut up some strawberries, some raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, and when I can get them, because uh, no one in my family eats them, and sometimes I can convince my wife to buy, a, a, a like, a pack. All right, I got a hot berry take for you. I, I doubt it. No, I, I it's a very hot take for berries. Okay. And I know, like, this is the perfect time to get it out because, I mean, what else are we going to talk about? Ready? Fair enough. I love blueberry muffins. I don't even have blueberry pancakes or blueberry waffles. But I hate regular blueberries. Like, out of the, like, you know, like, if, yeah. I'm giving you the, uh, for those who obviously can't see us, the James Franco meme where you get up and just kind of like, what the hell did you just say? No, I think it has to be cooked into something for me to like it. Now, so I I have a a very specific preference when it comes to blueberries. And again, this is the perfect time to talk about our preferences with blueberries. I do not like soft blueberries. Blueberries need to be firm. But then again, I'm like that with all my fruit, pears, apples, they all need to be firm. I don't know people like like their soft pears. I do not like it. I like firm. You like firm fruit. pears? Yeah. You're an animal. Oh my I know. god. No. I don't like soft pears. Oh no, it has to be soft and juicy. That's why it's... I don't like peaches, but I prefer I, I like nectarines. Oh my god. Yeah, but for me, I know that's what I told you. It was a hot take. It was a weird one. I I hand up. That is a it's weirdo like the people move. Who, like I love ketchup on everything, but I hate tomatoes. You're like, you know, it's just tomatoes, right? Oh, it's I'm. I, I also fit, I fit into that bill too. Raise my hand again. I don't right. like tomato. I don't like tomatoes, but I will have tomato sauce on pasta, and I will have um, ketchup, but I don't like tomatoes. Oh, for me, like cut up a tomato, put some salt and some pepper on it. Oh, delicious! I have it right now. A whole no. tomato. I would eat a tomato like like an apple if I just sprinkle a little bit of salt and some pepper on it constantly. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm weird. That's I, we can you can say it. I know it. I'm a weird dude. But that we're all weird in our own way. I don't like pie. So like any pie. Sorry, one pie. I like chokciai, which is like a French meat pie. That's all I like. A pumpkin pie with whipped cream no. on top? Oh my god. If it's pie, I don't like it. Strange. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh anything else on the PSAs? <laughs> no, it's 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 nice to see them. Obviously, it's good social media content. Um, oh, how about the um, – uh, it's not the PSA necessarily, but uh, – oh, God. Uh, Thomas Grice doing the workout with his, with his wife, Brittany. That was cool. There is no way I'm athletic enough to do that. With I asked anybody. my wife if she wanted to try it, and she just laughed at me. Oh, Mitch, that would have been perfect to put on Twitter. That, oh, that would have been perfect. I'm going to try to get her to convince her again. I'm pretty sure I could do it at least once. My that... wife isn't very big, so – that that that's where I'm going with this. No, no, I, no, I can hold up the weight. That I need, I need that now. <laughs> I need <laughs> that video. That it would be such a perfect reaction right, video. We'll do a practice run before we put a camera up because I don't. If I can't do it, I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't injure myself and post it. I guess I could just record and not post it. So yeah, all right, fine. Oh my god, I, I I'll love try this. to convince her. No, but that was a great video. I wish I was athletic enough to do that. Yeah, it's just all the workout routines that these guys do. Like, oh, look at what, like, Ilya Kovalchuk, like, throwing his wife around, it seemed. Like, look at all these crazy things. I can do squats while my wife is sitting on my shoulders. I could never do that. Are you kidding me? No, well, that's like the people who could do, like, push-ups with someone sitting on them. I, I, that's what happens to me. I, I can't I can't do it. I do, like, two, and then my son jumps on me a full 40 pounds or more. Come on, buddy. That's, like, a third of my body weight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe we're just both kind of frail. I definitely. It's not even kind of. It's it's just a fact <laughs> for me at least. I need to work out more. My God, you think I'd do that with all this time? Anyways, quiz. Let's, let's get into the quiz. Okay. So this is the Juraj Kolnick. Oh God, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name properly. Juraj Kolnick edition of the Eyes on Owls podcast. So Matt, I will ask you three questions about Juraj. First question: What position did he play? Center. Incorrect. He was a right wing. Good oh. job. Pretty close. I'm glad you just didn't say like forward or some garbage like that. He was a skater. <laughs> Fair enough. At least it eliminates a goalie. How many points did Kolnick score in 36 games played with the Islanders? 12. He scored nine. So six goals, three assists. Got Last one. How did he get to the Isles? So where? how did they get him? Not a whole lot of options here. Trade. Incorrect. They drafted him. Okay, what year? In 1999. Can you then guess what round in 1999 he was drafted in? Fourth round. Correct. He was the 101st pick of the 1999 draft. And, and looking at players drafted after him, there aren't really a whole lot. Like, Martin Edrat was probably the best player drafted after him. Okay. I'm thinking I'm just scrolling down the list to make sure I didn't forget someone. No, Martin Edrat. So, oh, wait, no. Henrik Zetterberg. Sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skip that one. That was a, He was drafted in the seventh round. Um, so that sucks. <laughs> but yeah, this is the Juraj Kolnick edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. The right wing played for the Islanders in the... I'm just going to get the year, I believe, is the 99-2000. Oh, God. 
why did I click on that? Uh, God, I can't even find him anymore. There he is. He played for the Islanders in the 2000-2001 uh, year or season. My God. Played 29 games that year. Played seven the following year. Had four four goals, three assists, and seven points in 2000-2001. Uh, had 48 points in 67 games for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in 2001-2002, though. So pretty darn good at the lower levels. Did he ever get back to the NHL after that? He did. He played for the Florida Panthers for a few years. His best season was in 2005-2006, where he scored 35 points in um, 77 games. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then he moved on to Sweden or the Switzerland after that, where he was a monster for a couple of years. Cool. Appreciate the update. There you go. Absolutely. So when we get back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what do you got for us on uh, social media this week? Well, I guess the first one uh, you already kind of brought up, but the KHL season is done. Uh, not just the regular season. They were already done that, uh, but the playoffs are done. So they're not even going to award the Gagarin Cup, which uh, Ilya Sorokin was in line to do. Uh, they had just swept their first-round opposition. They had won the regular season as they were the best team in the KHL regular season, and we're moving on to the second round. That will no longer be the case, and no one is rejoicing about that. So if you think that people are rejoicing, uh, unless I can be proven otherwise, I don't think anyone's saying, yes, thank God that the COVID-19 is around because the KHL season is around anymore. No, this is very sad. However, with the KHL season now done, this can move forward negotiations at least between Sorokin and Sorokin's camp because there is no hockey being played by that specific player. Correct. First one that I got is from Isles Fanatics on Twitter. They tweeted out, it's basically, ironically enough, it's a screenshot from all the videos, the PSA videos, and it says schools, and it's all like, it's supposed to look like a Zoom conference, which is how everyone's going to school right now, so I thought that was pretty funny. That is fine. Have you used Zoom? Yes, for work, that's what I'm using for my meetings. Is it pretty good? I have not used it. I, again, don't really have too many friends, so I, I, don't, I don't sit around talking it, to people. It's the same thing as Skype and Google Hangouts. It's all the same to me. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, my next one is from at NHL History Girl, who says, Isles, Kelly Rudy, and New York Rangers, John Van Beesbrook, having a disagreement, and both of them are fighting. Uh, it made me just really miss hockey again, <laughs> specifically the rivalry between the, these two teams. Uh, I really miss hockey. It just, oh. A goalie fight really brings out the the tribalism in you. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think, like, listen, obviously there's a lot more important things going on in this world, but I think it's also fair to admit that you miss the normalcy. And for us, the normalcy is sports, and specifically the Islanders. And I miss it. Hand up. Oh, I hardcore miss it. I just, I don't know what else to do with myself right now. Of course, I, can, I, I blog about New York Islanders all day, every day. So my life is all, still consumed by the New York Islanders, but there's no games to talk about. So it's not the same. Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, this next one is kind of a series. So have you seen the Islanders do the Isles Daily Challenge? No. Okay. So each day they do hashtag Isles Daily Challenge. Today, it was, have you named your pet after an Islander? Share a pic and tell us about a little about them and using the hashtag Isles Daily. So there were, uh, a few, <laughs> this one's my favorite. I don't think it's real. Uh, but Tony M on Twitter says, meet this little guy. His name is Johnny, and it's a blue snake. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. Uh. <laughs> How many likes did that get? 
Uh, only one. That oh, deserves so it's much more. in the comments, I guess. Uh, there's a Ziggy after Zygmunt Palfin. Uh, Alfie. Palfie. Jeez. I, I should thinking, probably come back of the bird. Whiskey, man. What did I say? Palfin. Palfin. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, there's a Franz. There's a Franz in here. Radar after Al Arbor. Uh, Zeker. Oh, Zeker's cute. But I'm just scrolling through this thread, and there's a lot of really cute animals. But there's also like a coloring contest. They have like a blank logo that you could color in and stuff like that. So I think it's good on the social team for you know coming up with some kind of content. They got to. So good. Good job by them for doing that. Uh, my next one is from at Hulk Morgan, and it, this is uh, making my all-time favorite Isles jersey in Animal Crossing New Horizons. And I'm bringing this up because Animal Crossing New Horizons is everywhere, and I don't effing get it. I was going to say, I'm listen, I'm out of the loop on gaming. I will fully admit I haven't played video games since the first Black Ops came out in, like, 2011. Um, but what is the obsession with this game? You're my gaming guy. I, I, I thought you would know. I don't know. I've played Animal Crossing the first one, and I hated it. Um, it just I, I didn't I didn't like it. Uh, but obviously, this one has something to it. I don't know what it is. I think you just live a virtual life and you, you build stuff. I, again, I, I have to look into this. I guess I was hoping you could tell me because it seems like a really young person thing. But obviously, that's not the case for you. Is it like Sims? Beats the hell out of me. I have to look this up. I don't understand Animal Crossing. I don't get it because there's nothing. It doesn't seem like you do anything. But you can wear Islanders jerseys during the game. Like your avatar can wear an Islanders jersey, and I guess that's kind of cool because you can't really do that in other games. That's true. Aside from like NHL, right? So, which I'm playing a ton of. Uh, I could imagine. And I, by the way, I'm going to play it again. I love the Sunday night streams that you do for NHL. I'm having a lot of fun with that. I'm considering doing more, um, but uh, we'll see. I, if more people want me to do more of those, I would do it. So if you're not aware, I, I on Sundays at 8 p.m. Uh, on the Patreon, I will do a, a live stream of NHL 19. Yes, NHL 19, not 20. I don't have 20. I usually only buy these every couple of years um, because I am cheap. Uh, so I, I do an NHL GM mode where we take the Islanders and we try to rebuild them. So every time that we want to do something, I got to get two yays for it. So far, we got JG Pajo in. We sent Leo Komarov away. Lucas Spies is gone. Uh, we've done a, a few other, other movements, and we've just won two in a row. So doing pretty good on, on the live stream. It's And it's a lot of fun because you get to interact with everyone live, and you just get to have fun. And you can tell me to do crazy things, and I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, so... Anything else on the social segment this week? I had one more, and this is not necessarily something that came up on Twitter, although it kind of technically did. This is from The Athletic. Oh, okay. Uh, the Athletic put out their inaugural New York Hall of Fame. Okay. And two New York Islanders made it. Oh, okay. Danny mm-hmm. Potvin was ranked 21st, and Mike Bossy 23rd. They're the only two to make it. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, Lou Lamarillo got an honorable mention. He had 6.5 points. Uh, it was a, a, a point system above, above for all the New York writers. Okay. Uh, Lou got 6.5, and, and that's not necessarily because of his, of his Islander tenureship, but necessarily right. because of his Devils tenureship. Billy Smith, Brian Trache got four points. Bill Torrey and Clark Gillies got 2.5 points. I'm astounded that Bill Torrey got 2.5 points, but Lou Lamarillo got 6.5. Yeah, I don't get that. 
Like this man built a four-time cup winning team in a row, won 19 playoff seasons on a team that he built, and he got the same amount of points as Clark Gillies, a player who's largely seen as someone who doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't have that that same argument, but if you if you poll a number of people and you say you can take one player to the Hall of Fame, they're probably going to Clark Gillies. Although Reggie Vachon is probably the close second. Yeah, that's that's a true one. And I'm scrolling through this list right now. And I'm kind of surprised that Henrik Lundqvist has more points, but anyway. Right, hasn't uh, won a damn thing, but like, let's get him up there. He's a great goalie, sure, but hasn't won a goddamn thing. Unbelievable. But th- that's the thing, right? Like, the Islanders are a second team in New York, uh, whether we like it or not. Uh, so it's always going to be the case. And you have, like, there are bigger sports in New York. Like, the Yankees are a bigger deal. They had, obviously, some legendary players like Yogi Berra. Um, Babe Ruth, uh, help me out here. Jackie Robinson, although he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys who that like Joe Torre didn't make this list. He won a bunch of World Series there. Uh, Mike Piazza didn't make the list. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the honorable mentions here. Yes, there is. So it's just fun to see two guys make it. Uh, obviously, the two that did make it make sense, um, but it, it's strange to see Bill Torre so low and Lou Lamarello so high. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Lou won three. What is it? Three cups or two? With the Devils, three. Three, but it's obviously not in back-to-back years. Whereas Bill Torrey won four in back-to-back years. Like uh, it just seems strange. By the way, I'm scrolling through the the uh, comments now, and there are a lot of people, uh, who are not happy with Lundqvist being where he is. That's good. That feels good. Oh yes. He did, again didn't win a damn thing, but he's what like he, uh, twelve or something like that. He's high up there, yeah. Um, he probably deserves to be on the 25 somewhere, yes. but I don't think that high. No, although, like, when you look at the teams that he was on, like, who who else was there really to carry that that team? And it was really, he carried them for a but while. Wasn't, but, they again, they didn't win a damn thing. It's not like he carried them to anything. True. Good point. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it for this week, so I'm just going to get some plugs in here before we go. Uh, wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. It helps us out, but especially in times like this where the media industry is taking a little bit of a hit, we'd really appreciate it a little bit extra. Thank you know, thank you during these these times. It genuinely means a lot. Yeah, thank uh, you to anyone who's clicked on anything we've written so far. If you've leaving, left a positive message, even thank you. Even if you left a negative one, thank you because it gives exposure. Uh, and any click is really worth it right now because. Uh, Man, uh, we've seen it gone down by half, which, again, makes sense because people have more important things to click on right now if they're even clicking on something. Exactly. It. This is just, this just hits everyone. I think it shows. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Um, so also, we, we mentioned the Patreon, but we do stuff over there as well, extra content. We record. We're going to do the mailbag right after this. And um, obviously, you can get the post-game shows when those are going on and a bunch of extra content there. Five bucks a month gets you all that and a lot more. It's a nice community over there. Definitely worth your while. Uh, you can follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could also download the app, the eyes on aisles app available for iPhone or Android. And of course you can visit the website eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, another episode in the books. Stay safe. Keep those hands washed. I'll talk to you again next week.
All right, my hands will probably be completely bleeding by the time we meet next week because they're not doing so well right now, and I'm, I'm moisturizing like crazy. I just need to, I guess, moisturize more. I think so. That'll do it for us for episode 136. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.